get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky We'll break it down after the game with the guys Hometown heroes with their own sports bar The best coverage in Denver Don't go too far Just turn on DNVR We are DNVR is Todd Davis Day in Broncos country. You know why, Todd? No, but I would love to hear it. It's Captain's Day. Oh. We found out the captains and the captain of our ship here was the captain of the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. yeah. what, five years ago? Yeah, so something like 2013? that. Yeah, 2018, yeah. 2018, yeah. Um, and today, the captains of the Broncos were revealed to the public And are there any surprises? Let's go through the names on these after I introduce you to the DNVR Broncos podcast. Henry Chisholm, Mm -hmm. Todd Davis, Zach Stevens here rolling with you. We've got a busy show. So let's just dive right into the captains of this uh, this 2023 Denver Broncos team. You got Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. No brainer. You got Mike McGlinchey. You got Cortland Sutton. Three on offense. You on defense. You have Kareem Jackson. Justin Simmons, and no one else. Mm -hmm. And then on special teams, you got Riley Dixon. Those are the Broncos captains. Any surprises here? Six captains. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, usually you have the same amount on offense as you do on defense. Uh, So I was surprised to see Josie or Singleton in there. I think they're both uh, done enough to be captors, and I think they're, they're both worthy of the honor. So I expected to see one of them in there, but, you know, for for whatever reason, they didn't choose to go that route. Todd, how important are captains on a team? I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. I think it's people that you kind of look to and for guidance. And, you know, they're, they're people that get that stamp on their jersey to say, like, hey, these are the guys that we want you to follow. These are the guys that you should model yourself after, uh, both on and off the field. So it is important. And, uh, Henry, your take? Yeah, I mean, I was just surprised that they announced all six because August 30th, so a week ago, he said – Uh, Sean Payton said that we're going to go through vote for captains. Rookies don't get a vote, which is interesting. Uh, But he also said that typically each week we might have a guest captain, number six, that moves around. Mm. But I guess that that's not the plan anymore. Or do you think there's going to be a seventh, which is a guest? Do we think that two people on the offensive side tied? Wait, why can't you have seven? I thought there was a six captain limit. But that could be wrong. Imposed by like the C's with the NFL? Yeah, probably, probably whoever's giving out the C's. Equipment guys. Well, then maybe it's just a guest captain and the guest captain doesn't get a C. Would a guest maybe. captain get a C on their jersey? No. Did you ever have that? No. No. We didn't really have guest captains, okay. but we had like a revote towards the end of the year. Because okay. we had two and two. And at the okay. towards the end of the year or middle of the year, they would do like a revote to give one more for like, like special that. teams okay. or like defense. And that's what we had. They weren't taking anything away, though. It no. wasn't like you were on the block <laughs> hey, for re-election. Switch, switch him out. Like. <laughs> Demar- Demarcus isn't carrying his weight. Yeah, Man, that, would be, that would be brutal. That would that's be the cold. thing, though, is that those teams, like the captains almost feel pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Like Peyton Manning, he's a captain. Demarcus Ware, he's a captain. And I guess it can get a little bit tougher after that. You know, you have Vaughn and Akeeb and like all those guys. But it does seem like there's a bunch of just like really good obvious options. Yeah, I think I think the captains are usually obvious. And even when you have a group of guys that are all talented, 
You know not all those can be your captain because you need somebody that somebody can follow on and off the field. And some guys, you just, you know what I'm saying? They're going to live their own life. They're going to do yep, their own yep. thing. They're great on the football field, but they're not necessarily, like, captain material, I guess. Yeah. Any surprises in, in this group besides just three on offense, only two on defense? Um, I guess I was. We talked about yeah. Mike McGlinchey. I thought mm. it was his first year. I know he's a veteran, but usually it takes time to like earn that captain status. Um, and he is only here a short period of time and may show that like his leadership in the locker room, but usually you don't get it within your first year within a system unless you're like the quarterback. Well, specifically the offensive line too. I feel like that's a fraternity of brotherhood where mm -hmm. kind of takes some time to earn your stripes in there. And Garrett Bowles has been a captain on this mm -hmm. team in the past. And so typically, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but typically if you're a captain, uh, something's got to go wrong or typically you like move teams for for that captainship to be taken away so it is interesting that garrett bowles is no longer a captain but mm -hmm. the new guy is yeah i don't know what it says but it says something because usually once you are deemed a captain you're usually picked as a captain until you leave that team mm -hmm. like you said so um or until a head Bolsey? coach comes in and takes captainship away <laughs> <laughs> so when you want to vote should bowles have been a captain what do you guys think i mean it's it's tough with that offensive line. Like, I don't know. Like, Bowles has a case of being around. Offensively, I'm not sure that there's really anybody else I, I look to. Uh -huh. You know, everybody else is either so new or, or young or whatever it is. McGlinchey does kind of stand out with Bowles in that way. I, I do think it's kind of weird that they didn't balance it. What about Javante? He's the only other guy on offense um, who, uh, I mean, all so Sean young. Payton's talked about. Yeah. Um, I feel like I guess, I guess the other guys are older. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Cortland and Russ were definitely a lock, like definitely. hands down. Um, but then there's that question if you're gonna do three, like now I'm not sure who you go with on that third one. I like seeing Kareem get it too. Yeah. Like that one makes me happy. Like, because that that's a guy obviously like most experienced on the team. He's been playing for forever, like has so much to give. And you know, we've talked about a bunch, like how much does he play? Is does is he a starter? Like at points even saying like could he be a salary cap casualty? And that's somebody who does deserve that sort of credit because he is like, he's the veteran on the team to me, man. I kind of wish there was one in the front seven though, especially since you did three on offense. Uh -huh. Yeah. Just keep, Two safeties keep is Kareem and Justin, but yeah. then in like meetings and you can tell me if I'm, uh, if I'm wrong on this, but in some meetings, when you don't have those two guys, maybe you do need uh, a, a captain voice in mm -hmm. that room, especially there's not any in the linebackers, outside, inside, or defensive line. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think you needed one up front. That would have been nice to see. And like I mm -hmm. said, my vote would have gone to Josie yeah. and then second to Alex. I feel like they've, they're both veterans. They both have played at a high level. And, they, and Josie's been here for his entire career. Yeah. Um, and definitely have well, he was a leader when I was there, so I know he's still doing a great yeah. job leading the team. So it would have been nice to see him get one because mm -hmm. he is underrated across the league and he doesn't get the love he's, he's supposed to around the NFL. So at least on his own team, he can get that kind of like exactly. stamp of approval, you know. Did you have anything like captains' meetings, uh, with, with the coach or with like leadership meetings? I think is something that uh Hackett had last year yep we sure did we had meetings um throughout the year and then at different times when things would come up like if they wanted to vote on something it would be like the captains would get together and kind of decide what we would do um whether it was for pregame or whatever the different situation may be it was like between the captains to get it figured out so I think I think last year the uniform the uniform decision with the blue pants was a captain yep, decision. Yep, yep, it was. That's uh, which it's big time. <laughs> I might maybe they misvoted the captains if they decided <laughs> blue pants with white jerseys. Wait, so how many uh, how many uh, 
uh, carryover captains are there? Obviously, Russ was a captain yep. last mm-hmm. year. Court must have been. I would think. Yeah. yeah. Justin would have been. Justin had to have been. Maybe Kareem was last year, too. No? He might have been, One of for these sure. past years, Kareem wasn't, and that okay. was like a surprise we talked about. I don't remember if that was last huh. year or not. Maybe Bradley Chubb was a captain. I think that was oh, the case because he was traded so. in a way, and yeah. it was like he interesting was ca- yeah. that you trade a captain. Obviously, you don't not trade someone because they're a mm-hmm. captain, but it's just a little interesting in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, here's going to look that up. And then, obviously, on special teams, no question there. Will Lutz, the guy that got yeah. here less than a week ago, he's not going to be a captain. No. And then... Uh, your long snapper. I've never personally seen a long snapper be a captain on special teams. No. And then your starting punt returner as of today yeah. and starting kick returner is a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A rookie, if you're not a quarterback, is not going to be a captain. No, you could have no, made no. the case for Sternod, but he's really the only veteran special oh, teamer special who's been teams, around. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Because like David Bruton was a captain for yeah. forever. Or uh, Kayvon Webster was yeah, a captain. Yeah, Webster too. was one too. Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah. yep, Sternod would have been that guy. But even he like he's still on a rookie contract. Like he's still he's not like a full on veteran veteran yet who's been around the league for half a decade. Mm-hmm. Janica or not Janikowski, Janovich was a captain on special oh, teams. Yeah, so sure maybe was. a Mike Burton could be a yeah. captain. But so there were like, a couple guy. of routes to go, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I did look up the NFL rule though. So it says they teams can have up to six captains. Wikipedia says the rule is not strictly enforced, though. So <laughs> mm. uh, maybe you can get away with it. But it still is interesting. They said not probably decided not to do the rotating captain week by week. And maybe they'll just have seven. But he specifically said the sixth. Yeah, yeah that is yeah. interesting. What that would you do if you saw some? What did Dion have? Some L's and D's on there? <laughs> yeah. Leaders and dogs. Leaders and dogs. <laughs> That's so sick. I like uh, that. I I do like that. I'm just shocked that. A coach, especially Dion, <laughs> would be okay with having an L, sta- like standing alone on a uniform. Mm-hmm. There is that. I was a little surprised when I saw that. It does look a little, <laughs> yeah, a little different. Um, like winners and dogs. I don't know what what you could have done instead of that. Um, but you you got the last year's captains. Uh, yeah. So it was McManus, Chubb, Wilson, uh, Cortland, and uh, Simmons. And Simmons. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so only five. No one lost it this year. No one lost it from last nope. year to this year. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of news today, we saw Jerry Judy on the field in pads. We did. Running around. He was practicing today. Two weeks, less than two weeks after he seemed suffered what seemed to be like a very serious hamstring injury. I thought they should have put him on the IR. Hank, you were on the opposite end, said no, keep him in case he can come back week three. I think that's what mm-hmm. you were saying. He might be back here week one. Look, look, look at him run around. Does that look like a guy that can play on Sunday? He looks pretty healthy. I mean, just the speed out of that route, the quick move to get started. I definitely feel like he is much healthier than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Sunday, whoo, that's going to be tough because it's, it's right around the corner at this point. But he does look good. Maybe he can run mm-hmm. some hitches and he don't have to run too many goals. But exactly. We can have him out there just as a weapon. Yep. He's definitely back to being a better receiver than I am. Which is, a, which is a step in the process. I had him for a week when he couldn't really move that leg. But Do you think yeah. that's Sean's, like, Mendoza line? Is as long as he's better be. than Henry, he be. can play? Yeah, I wonder if he's close. That would be incredible. I mean, it, it looks like he's close. He's practicing like he's close. But even if it doesn't mean he's back on Sunday, it does mean there's a good chance he's back for the Commanders game the next mm-hmm. week. Miami game the week after that feels, to me, it feels like a lock after seeing this today. But hamstrings are weird did we get a hint of this last week that this was going to be the case when the broncos only kept four active wide receivers Mm -hmm. 
I mean, mm -hmm. was that kind of the first step into knowing that maybe Jerry's actually going to be okay week one? Yeah, I think so. And I think with this specific injury, hamstrings, like you're not, if you can't play or can't go, you're not running at all. Like you're yeah. doing very limited uh, work. So to see him out there being able to move and change direction full speed, I know it's only a quick get off. Like having a hand, hamstring, the hardest part is to start. It's not when you're like running, you can continue running, but to like huh. pick up speed, that's the hardest part of getting over a hamstring. So if he's doing that now, he's definitely going to be ready at least by next week to play. And just the thing with hamstrings that I'm very encouraged with him practicing. I'm very encouraged mm -hmm. with him uh, having a quick get off. It's just hamstring injuries are one of those injuries mm -hmm. where uh, they have like the, one of the highest um, rates of re-injury in the NFL, and I just feel like we see it time and time again where a guy tries to come back. You really need him because you're desperate at this position, which the Broncos are at wide receiver. Sean Payton talks about getting off to quick starts, mm -hmm. and so he probably wants Jerry out there. That's just the only thing that I really caution, but I also didn't think he was going to be playing for another month. Mm -hmm. So to see him out there, maybe uh, someone, a media member was telling us that Bo Lowry, what the mm -hmm. Broncos knew um head he's pretty much the head of players bodies mm -hmm. uh out at uc health manages <laughs> the, nutrition the manages health he just he manages it all you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh it said that bo lowry is deemed the king of hamstrings was that it mm. hamstring whisperer hamstring whisperer which is wow. the first i'd heard of it <laughs> yeah, shout out he, cody Rourke. but um cody yeah. yeah shout out cody he told us that um and so maybe he has some special knowledge mm -hmm. but this would be massive for the Broncos to be able to have Court, Jerry, and Marvin Mims out there. I'd feel so much better about the Broncos passing attack. Yeah, because he's such a, such a big weapon. I mean, losing him, we immediately thought, yeah, we're going to have to run the ball. We're going to have to get the big boys out. We're going to have to pound the ball, take some time off the clock. Um, but having him back, man, he's such a weapon. Uh, nobody can guard him one-on-one, -on -one, so I think that frees up Cortland and Mims because now you're going to have to double Judy because mm -hmm. he's just that big of a threat. So um, yeah, I think he may be one of the most important pieces on the offense outside of Russell Wilson. Yeah, Man. definitely. I mean, and I was thinking about this game saying like, I'm going through my keys, the game, which will be up on the website later. So go look at that. Um, the NVR.com. Like, exactly. But I was thinking like all those slants to Cortland Sutton, like you almost need to, to play him like Michael Thomas, you know, it's like all this underneath stuff because you're not looking for the deep balls that you can throw to him three, four times a game. You're looking mm -hmm. for the like throws that you can make 12 times a game because there just aren't other options. But with Jerry back, and first of all, you can do that same stuff and line them up tight and run Jerry deep and run court in behind it. Like there's so many different options. You can still do those same things, but also you can have Jerry do some of that stuff and you can send court downfield a little bit more. So it just going from having one receiver you trust to two receivers you trust obviously is massive in football. Yeah, it, it is. And if you want to see Jerry Judy live in person, you got to get over to game time for this Sunday. Broncos, Raiders, you guys know the deal with game time. The longer you wait, the better the ticket prices yes. get. So now's probably the time to download the game time app. Use the code DNVR when you sign up 
and start looking at Broncos Raiders tickets because they're about to be getting to the best price. Come down to our tailgate on Sunday, then open up game time when you're there. If you really want to push the limits, do it just like an hour before mm -hmm. kickoff. And if you use code DNVR when you sign up, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase and check out game time because they've got the game time guarantee meaning if you find a ticket in the same section and row for less game time is going to credit you 110 percent of the difference guaranteeing that they're giving you the best price so check out game time use that code dnvr for 20 dollars off 416 dollars right now to get into the cu game with wow. fees which is actually down a little bit from before that's wild that is it crazy. is the Colorado for Buffaloes. a 10 a.m. kickoff. I know. I know. I just got a text saying, like, do the bars open at 7? It's like, I have never <laughs> had to ask that question before, but that, that could be true. I bet we're opening early. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to go to that Colorado Buffaloes game, what you should do is go buy the, the, the cheapest tickets you can find over on Game Time, but then also uh, put a bet in at Bet365, put a little money on the Buffs mm. money line, mm. and then you can pay for that ticket you basically get to go for free because I think it's a lock that Colorado wins this game. Yep. Like the fact that it's only like it's minus 160 or so right now. And it keeps trending that way, but that's because everybody knows that Colorado is much, much better than Nebraska. Nebraska looked horrible last week. So uh, definitely be betting on that Colorado money line. Um, can make some bets on the Broncos too if you're interested because NFL season's here. Um, there's so much, so many boosts available. I was just talking to Zach about them earlier, like the bet insurance, the, I think, I think you get like bonus bets back for a bet. You miss each of the three days. There's games Thursday, Sunday, Monday, um, just like the 50% boost that they come out with so much stuff. Make sure that you're over there at bet three, six, five, um, because they are the best. And if you use the code DNVR, then you can send, or if you make a $5, or no, a deposit $10, you can turn $1 into $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place that $1 bet. So download the Bet365 app. Um, use the code DMVR365 when you sign up. Must be 21 older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Boom. Nailed it, Henry. All right. Is Sunday a must-win game? That's the name of this podcast? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ask you that question straight up. Must win week one. You know, I think you look at the rest of the season. You look at the team that we're going up against. Uh, we were 5-12 and 12 last year. They were 6-11, six and, six and 11, brand new quarterback. Josh Jacobs, you know, coming back, not in the fold of things. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a win that we have to have. Um, I think this is a win that we need. I don't think that there's a way that we can go into the season starting 0-1 and, and then think we're about to like pick up steam as our season goes on. We have to start off winning and I think it starts with the Raiders. So it's a very winnable game. So for me, it, it is a must win because if you start off losing winnable games, I don't know where we go from there. So <laughs> yeah. let's just say this is a must win for the Broncos. I totally agree. I mean, just in a vacuum, this is one of the easiest games on the schedule. Like there's, there's a couple other teams that might not be as talented as the Raiders, but there aren't many. Um, and the fact that you get him at home and like you're saying with Josh Jacobs being rusty with Chandler Jones going through whatever drama he's going through, um, which is crazy stuff. Um, I mean, th this just feels like you have to win it because especially because you just want to have some sort of momentum. Mm -hmm. Like you have a new coach and you want to see this offense clicking. You want to see um, the defense able to shut down a team that really only has two good players on offense. I think 
you can't you can't blow this one if you blow this one then you're just setting yourself up for failure this season what's so crazy is i feel like we've had this conversation on this show nearly every single mm -hmm. year whether it be them playing seattle like five years ago mm -hmm. um and you were on that team and yep. you guys won uh, i think it was three touchdown three interception game from case keenum it was exciting maybe not the best football but it was exciting <laughs> um going against uh russell wilson last year playing seattle in seattle i feel like every mm -hmm. game has pretty much almost been must win uh -huh. and you look at this game it's a division game at home literally by the standings those are the most important games of the season yep just when it boils down there are some games it's not one of 17. Mm -hmm. this one matters the most it's tied for the third most important game the chiefs at home the chargers at home the raiders at home yep. literally by tiebreakers those are the most important so it's important in that way it's important because it's the raiders you're trying to get off to a good start in the division it's also the easiest divisional game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is easier than the Chargers at home. Yep. This is easier than the Chargers on the road. It's obviously easier than any Chiefs game. And this one's at home. Yep. This is the easiest division game. If you lose this one, you're going to have to do some mind tricks Man. to say that things are okay. But I'm like 99% of the way they're saying it's a must win. Okay. But I'm not all the way there. And I'm not going to use like the argument it's a must win because you can turn around and win the next 16. No. Yeah. Um, because you look, the Broncos have to get off to a hot start because Sean Payton has made it such of an emphasis that yep. you have to get off to a hot start. Your coach preaches something all off season, and then you don't do that four weeks into the season. Todd, you, you got to eventually lose your coaches, like not respect, but you got to lose what he's saying at some point, right? Yeah, yeah because I think the players um, are realists to some extent. We can look around and mm -hmm. see if things aren't working. You know, it doesn't matter how much you talk. I think Hackett talked a lot last year, and guys looked around and saw like. It's not working. Like, so mm -hmm. they knew they weren't going to be in a position to really win. And so I think, you know, to your point, Sean talks about starting off fast. And that's why I say this is a must win for me. I think this is a, a good opportunity for them to see that because the players understand the rest of the schedule. And if they feel like, hey, we couldn't even beat the Raiders mm -hmm. at home, they're going to feel defeated and the season will go downhill from there. So I think that it's important to start off strong. And if you put yourself just in like, say like Justin Simmons shoes, what if the offense goes out there and scores 16 points? <laughs> You're just like, oh, no, again. not this again. Oh, yeah. it didn't work. We're the same team that we've been. Like, you just need to get some momentum going, like catch some sort of spark. Otherwise, then all of a sudden it feels really hard to go beat the commanders next week, and that's not the feeling you want to have. Uh -huh. And then the, the Dolphins the week after that, you want to be going in that saying, guess what? We've, we've put up 28 points a couple times. Like, our defenses look good. We can go in there. We can stop Tyreek Hill. We can stop uh, Jalen Waddle, and we can score on a Vic Fangio defense. But without that confidence, it just seems you just got to get the momentum going. And that's why I'm 99% there is mm -hmm. because the next three games are all winnable. Now, if you lose this game, you're going to be saying those games look a lot tougher now mm -hmm. if we can't beat the Raiders. But the Broncos have to start hot 2-2 two and two at the absolute worst. Yep. You really want to be 3-1, and one, though going into that Jets game because then you play the Chiefs after and Chiefs two in the next three mm -hmm. weeks after that. And you can beat the Commanders even if you lose this Raiders game. The Dolphins game's going to be tough, but it still is winnable just depending on where the Dolphins are. And then you get the Bears, the worst team in the NFL the next week. So I think the Broncos can still get to three wins if they lose this one. But, I mean, I'm right there. I'm 99% there with you guys. This one, if you lose this one, 
the easiest division game mm -hmm. where you have to take care of some sort. Uh, you have to take care of business in some sort of way this year in the division. You lose this one. It's going to be tough, especially because Raiders defense is bad. Yep. And so I would be more comfortable with them losing if they had to lose this one. I'd be more comfortable with them losing 35 to 34 mm -hmm. than I would 17 to 16 because they only get 16 points against this defense. Yeah. What are they going to do against that front seven that has like four first round picks that the commanders have? What are they going to do against Vic Fangio, Bradley Chubb? They've got some dudes in that Miami secondary. And then the Bears, you should be able to still put up some points. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I definitely have more faith in our defense figuring it out than I do mm -hmm. our offense. So if there's any chance for the Broncos to score 35 points, I'm on board with that. <laughs> it's tough to have faith in them stopping the Raiders, though. That's the scary part. I was going through these numbers last night. I think, uh, yeah, so since Josh Jacobs got to the Raiders in 2019, the Raiders have scored 28.3 points per game against the Broncos, 19 points per game against the rest of the league. <laughs> like, it's it's that much better that they have been. And, like, Josh Jacobs himself, obviously, has just been incredible against the Broncos for one reason or the other. But uh, it's, it's tough to look at these numbers and say, like, yes, this Broncos defense will shut them down. Even even when we look at what Pat did to Devontae, or, yeah, to Devontae last year, you know, game one, it was a battle. I think... Uh, he Pat was targeted nine times uh, in coverage when uh, Devontae was running a route, uh, gave up five catches on those nine targets for like 58 yards. It was like a, a solid performance. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. perfect, obviously, but a really good performance. The, the second game, it was four catches on five targets for 80-something yards and a couple of touchdowns. And if you get that Devontae Adams versus Pat and you get the Josh Jacobs who's put up these numbers, all of a sudden this could turn into a high-scoring game. You know what's crazy, Henry, is I only remember those numbers from mm -hmm. Devontae Adams because that's what everyone was keyed in on was Pat versus Devontae. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I remember them holding Devontae Adams uh, to very manageable games. Uh, the first mm -hmm. one, not the second one. Everyone knows the second one. But in that first one, Pat was not lined up against him yep. uh, every time. Devontae still went for over 100 yep. yards in that first game when it felt like the Broncos did a good job. And it's because Pat did do a good job on him that first game, mm -hmm. 101 yards. And then the second game, obviously, two massive plays, 141 receiving yards for Devontae. Yep. Guy gets 121 yards on you over two games or averages that. Yep. Yikes. And then you look at the past, what, four games for Josh Jacobs? He's averaging like 140 yards from scrimmage. Yeah. You just hope that Josh Jacobs is kind of giving the middle finger to the Raiders mm -hmm. himself yeah. for not getting a big contract, and also mm -hmm. he's wasn't in the building until ten days ago. Yeah, you hope that can really help. I think so. I mean, you pray because you talk about those two guys; they've done a lot of damage against this Broncos defense, and that's something that we can't have. Um, I think that's one of the keys to the game is that we have to stop Devontae Adams and we have to stop Josh Jacobs. I think that's mm -hmm. those are the top two important things we have to do. And hopefully there's a lot more unhappy campers in the Raiders camp. I know Chandler Jones can't be yeah, the only one. He can't be. There's got to be some other guys there that aren't happy where they are, paying, playing for uh, the head coach to be able to have a down day or an off yeah. day, you know? We've well, heard what Devontae happened there? With Chandler, I, it seems like a lot of things. It does. Cause, I mean, there was he said a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't like a quick, like, I'm unhappy. It's like... I can't get in the building. I can't work out. Like, I don't think Josh will answer my phone calls. Nobody's answered my phone calls. They reached out to my, what was that? Reach out to my baby mama who I've been, yep. I haven't <laughs> been with in five years, yep. Yep. like all sorts of stuff. And he's upset. And obviously wasn't at practice today. I, I don't know what to read into that. I think right now the Raiders and Broncos are like the same at the same level. 
in terms of how good they are. Mm -hmm. I think the Raiders are trending completely down, yep. mm -hmm. or I think the Broncos are on an upward trajectory. Yep. Um, so uh, I think this at the end of this game, we could see the Raiders and Broncos be at totally different levels. But going into a season and things are already falling apart because Ugh. of your head coach, not a good place to be. Yeah. Can you say you're surprised? No. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I know, because you weren't there for McDaniels, but I'm sure... Like, you, you crossed over, like, Ryan Clady, right? So he yeah. would have been there. There yeah. would have been some of those guys who you know. Yeah, there would have been some of those guys, but I just never heard a lot of, like, positive things that guys... That he was somebody that guys wanted to play for, you know? Yeah. Like, Kubiak was somebody everybody wanted to play mm -hmm. for. You know, there's a lot of coaches like that, but I can't say I'm surprised, man. I don't know exactly what's going on, um, but it sounds, like a, it sounds like a lot of chaos, and, you know, hopefully a lot of guys are unhappy. We saw it in Denver here for one and a half years, yeah. just how he comes in and mm -hmm. blows everything up in the hopes of making everything right. And then it doesn't. It's just exploded. Yeah. And then what he did with the Colts, he told them, yeah, I'm going to take your job. Just let me, like, get through the playoffs with, right. the, with the Patriots. And then he blows them off. They He left them just stranded mm -hmm. without a coach for, uh, for a while. Just put them in the worst spot ever. So what is it? You fool me once. Shame on you. You fool yeah. me twice. Shame. I mean, the Raiders, they asked for this yep. when they signed up for Josh. Yeah. I mean, he, he traded a first-round pick in next year's draft for a second round pick in the current draft to take a DB who they traded for a seventh round pick. I think the next year, like, like there was, a, and that's just like one of the many, many things you can look at and just be like, what the hell are you thinking? Uh huh. And now one of the things that hasn't been that public, but I think is going to come up this year or at the end of this year, when things go wrong, Devonte Adams is also pissed yeah. because he came to, to, to Las Vegas to be with his best friend, Derek <laughs> yeah. Carr. Yep. And then before the first season's even uh, done, Josh is out. kicking him out of the building. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, so it, eventually, you know, yeah. Max Crosby's going to be asked to be traded mm -hmm. or they're just going to have to pay McDaniels mm -hmm. to leave and start over. And they don't have the money. And, you know, McDaniels didn't do the full McDaniels, which might have like solved that little Devonte chaos because he came in and traded away his quarterback and brought in like his New England guy, just like he tried to do with the Broncos when he mm. traded Cutler and then tried to get Matt Castle, but then things fell through, so he wound up with Kyle Orton instead. And then he traded Brandon Marshall away too. Yep. And that's where <laughs> now Devontae's upset because Derek Carr got traded, should have also traded Devontae, your receiver, and then you get rid of all that chaos. But he traded for Devontae yep. before all uh, the chaos could yeah. start. I mean... Maybe I'm even wrong saying that the Broncos and Raiders are at the same level now. Maybe the Broncos are even at a, at a higher level. I think but, they already but, are. But, but yeah. it, is, it is tough to say that. When, Todd, you pointed out, the Raiders had one more win than the Broncos last year. Which is crazy. It How is. did that happen? It is. It, it, it's great. And, like, every year when we do division standings, it's like Chiefs at top. Mm -hmm. Maybe Chargers or Broncos. Sometimes we're picking the Broncos mm -hmm. above the Chargers. Yep. And then it's like, oh, but there's no conversation. The Raiders are at the, the bottom. Are the worst. And then the past, what, two years, three years, the Broncos have been at the bottom. Sean's uh, here, here, here to change it. We're starting fast, man. We got to start <laughs> with a win against the Raiders, put them at the bottom of the mm -hmm. AFC West. Because uh, there's no, I, I can't, we, there's no more time. No. We don't have time. No. We've been waiting for a minute. We've been patient um, as fans and uh, spectators. But now is the time to turn things around. And it starts with the boo-boo Raiders. Oh, <laughs> Let's so bad. go. It, Let's just, go. it seems so simple, too. Yeah. Like, Josh Jacobs. Uh, six 100-yard rushing games last year. The Raiders won five of those. And they only won six games all year. Mm. Like, that is the formula. He averaged 143 rushing yards and wins. He averaged 71 rushing yards and losses. 
like 5.6 yards for carrying wins 4.2 in loss like it is just josh jacobs if yeah. josh jacobs is good they win if he isn't good they don't win and it's just open and closed but the broncos haven't been able to stop him yep yep and vance joseph probably knows all about that being here uh, at the very beginning, no, Vance wasn't here when Josh Jacobs was here, I guess. But we're going to yeah. dive into the keys for the Broncos to win this game in depth tomorrow. Yes. But speaking of must-wins, let's get into our Bet365 top five must-win games for the Ooh. Broncos. Is this number one? Yeah, because you start the season off, you yep. got to start off strong. I'm going to put this at the top of the list for sure. Are I there any games, and I agree, Todd, are there any non-division games that are on this list? Jets. Oh, oh. <laughs> there's a lot surrounding yeah. this game, man. Oh. Yeah. I, think, I think you got to win this one. Week five is like a big time in the season, too. Like you go into that two and two, you either leave three and two or two and three. Like exactly. you're either like week five feels like a big swing. And you I, got the Chiefs yeah. Thursday night, like rolling yeah. into that uh. like with a big win on your shoulders. I think that will definitely pay dividends for the Broncos. So is that, did you hear do Nathaniel Hackett dirty making him the picture on this mm. graphic? <laughs> I, I knew what I was doing when I did it. We all know we all hate Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. We don't need to go. Maybe not oh, Hank, but... Fair, fair. Smart, smart so, you here. Thanks for saving Hank there. Um, I, I mean, I love that. The, the Jets are absolutely one. I think there's also another one surrounding that Chiefs game that's a non-division game. Week 7 against the Packers. The game in yeah. between the Chiefs game to avoid potentially a three-game losing streak True. or to pick yourself back up after a potential loss against the Chiefs and to maybe get momentum going into that second Chiefs game. Um, I think I think that one is a must-win. Uh, it's somewhere. I, I don't necessarily know if it's three, but I think it's a top-five one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah, keep, I agree. Oh, yeah. there, there are, you can make a case for so many of these. Like the Texans game, it's like if you lose to the Texans, <laughs> like, oh, my right. God, like you have to beat the Texans. Yeah, on, go, going back to your comment about the Packers game, man, like, yeah, this is a tough part of the season. It I is. mean, Jets, Chiefs, the Packers is kind of like a your down game. Then you go Chiefs, Bills, Vikings. Like, Ugh. you have to win that Packers you game. Do. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that. What week is uh, the Chiefs game? Um, has so, anyone said the Chiefs game? Are either the Chiefs so. games must win? Uh, I wouldn't say the Thursday night is. I would say that the home home game is week eight, right yeah. before the bye week. I mean, that sets up if the Broncos are ever going to snap this streak yep. against the Chiefs at home, right before a bye week at the end of October. So you could be dealing with any sort of weather. That would be the one, right? Yep. Yeah, I think that's the great one, and then just a great momentum booster going into the. It's really second half of your season. Everybody gets to go home with that energy. We feel like we just finally beat the Chiefs for the first time in yep. 20 years, whatever, whatever, how long it's been, <laughs> yeah. um, and then take that on like to it. the Bills. Like, heck yeah, man. They got to win that one. Go look at it. Man, and then one <sighs> more for this. I mean, the two that jump out to me are the two last games of the season, mm-hmm. two divisional games at home against the Chargers on the road against the Raiders. Henry, does anything jump out to you? I'll go with that Chargers game. Like, I, I, it feels like the Raiders should be out of it, but the Chargers should have something to play for. Yeah. Like, there's a good chance that, that, that one of the two teams, either Broncos or Chargers, will wind up with a wild card spot, and that could be a deciding game. Week 17. At home. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. I we talked about it. the three most important games, though. Three divisional home games, yeah. and that's—I think—that's all. All made the list. That's it. That yeah. actually yeah. wasn't yeah. even intentional, but there it's like, go. yeah, boom. And then two non-divisional games, which I like, uh, and only one non-AFC game. But 
I mean, Todd, you, you put it up. Your next three games are all absolutely brutal games, so you've got to win that one. That's our bet. Three, six, five must-win games of the 2023 season. And to celebrate those wins, you're going to be checking out our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery, where they have award-winning whiskey. And they're putting their award-winning whiskey on display in the Battle of the Bourbons, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. Ed McCaffrey made a blend. Alfred Williams made a blend. And don't worry, they made it with, like, blend masters. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked to one of them at the Broncos mm -hmm. Stadium. We actually tried both, both very good. One has some vanilla, some sweet tones. That was Henry and I's favorite. And you can vote on the winner over at BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Look for the Bourbon of Denver Broncos Battle of the, the Bourbon Blends competition. And then if you also want to have a chance to go to the Breckenridge Burby Whiskey Suite, at that Chargers home game, the must-win one, at the end of December, December 31st, to win two tickets. Post your favorite Broncos photo to Instagram and Facebook using hashtag BroncosBourbon, all one word. Tw 10 finalists are narrowed down on December 1st. So check it out, BreckenridgeDistillery.com to enter. And then also you can get Breckenridge Distillery in all 50 states. So check them out. Also, uh, well, actually also, the Madden League, Somebody's traded Terry McLaurin for Gabe Davis, a first and two seconds. What the hell is that? <laughs> that is crazy. I, I should have made a wow. deal with this guy. Wild. Um, but also Backus and Shanker. Um, maybe oh, he got like hacked. that gotcha. I, I saw it. I was like, what are you thinking? That's terrible. <laughs> but uh, if, if maybe he was like brainwashed, if somebody like hacked into his computer or something, uh, he should call Backus and Shanker mm. because he got robbed. Um They've won over a billion dollars for uh, Coloradans over the past 25 years that they've been in business here in Colorado. Um, they've got more than 30 lawyers on staff. They serve the entire state. Um, they've got offices all over Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. And they can help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, whether it's car accidents or motorcycle accidents, um, whether a pedestrian got hit by a truck. Um, you can uh, even be helped out if you fell down the stairs at work. So call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Tell me if you're shocked by this. Sean Payton, another national article dropped on Sean Payton in a very in-depth yeah. manner where he goes on the record and talks about all things, personal life, um, what, went, what, what happened with the Saints, and then also what happened... Uh, with Russell Wilson this offseason. That surprised you? Or does it seem like this is kind of a weekly occurrence? Yeah, I feel like he, <laughs> he was really buttoned up at the Saints, but now he's, like, letting it letting it all hang out, man. He's he's telling the truth this time around. You you know, that year off of football gave you a lot of clarity. Mm. And so now he's like, I'm not holding nothing back. I'm going to lay it out on the line. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. He's like, players, you can't say anything, but yep. I'm going to be talking. And that's exactly what Sean Payton did to Seth Wickersham. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Wickersham. Yep. Um, he opened up on ESPN in a very in-depth article. Really good. Go check it out over at ESPN. Um, but I did uh, the heavy lifting for you guys. And instead of having to read 45 oh. minutes, we narrowed it down to some quotes. I'd say uh, we did that as a group. Narrowed it down to some quotes. And I want to get everyone's reaction to some of these quotes. Here, let's pull one of these up. Uh, in the article, said Seth said, his contract, oh, yeah, the, he was, Seth was talking about Sean here. He said, his contract is for five years, but he often thinks back to how essential it was that he started 3-0 and in New Orleans, converting the skeptics. If he wants a chance at a jump ball, he has to earn it. 
And this is just what we've been talking about, about yep. getting off to a fast start. That's something that Sean has said on the record many times. It's also something that clearly he conveyed to Seth when talking to him multiple different times uh, when, when they were mm -hmm. together writing this interview. And so that's just, it's something that Sean is making it very clear. And I think that just puts even more of an emphasis on a fast start, not just for the Broncos, but for Sean, he wants to earn the fans' trust here by getting off to mm -hmm. a hot start. Yeah, and I feel like feel like they'll they'll turn on you quickly if you don't. Like, yep. the fans have been waiting for a long time for us to be winning. So, at any glimpse of us not living up to the hype or Sean not being who they thought he was, I think they they're ready to inside a riot. I guess I could say. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like it's kind of like in class, you know, like when you were in school, it's much easier to start off to end with an A when you start off getting good grades in the beginning. You get a couple of D's to start the year. Uh, on the back end, it's kind of hard to get it up from there. So I think that, you know, starting off fast will definitely be the best thing for the Broncos and for Sean. Yeah, for Sean in particular. I mean, especially like reading this whole thing, the big takeaway is that like he's paranoid. He's like obsessed. He's he's probably very stressed out right now because, I mean, first of all, he's a head coach about to coach his first game. Like, how could you not be? But he does seem like he's going to take this harshly if it mm -hmm. doesn't go well i think that we think it's a must win he absolutely must think it's a must win but also probably doesn't think it's going to be super easy like you got to figure out how you're going to go stop josh jacobs which hasn't happened in a long time you got to figure out what you're doing with pat sertan do you just have him follow Devonte the whole game do you want to try like double team and put damari on him with justin over the top like i i'm i'm not envious of sean payton at this moment yeah well and this is something that um, when when we look at Sean's time in New Orleans, starting 3-0 and, and, and how much that helped him get off to a hot start, I think when you look at CU, I think CU is a perfect example uh, with Coach Prime. Yep. How much hype was there with Coach Prime coming into the season? So much. I mean, we saw it at our own company, maybe more than any mm -hmm. other media company, yep. just how much CU went from no one caring about him to now it's the biggest thing in town. And that's what the Broncos were supposed to be last year. The Broncos hadn't had a winning season mm -hmm. going into last year since 2016. Everyone knows how much in the dumps they were. The hype was off the charts mm -hmm. with this team. If they would have won, it would have been the exact same reaction that we're seeing now after CU beat TCU. It would have been just through the roof. Uh, it wouldn't have been contained if this team was good last year, especially with Hackett, all his energy that he had. Yeah. But it did not happen. And now I think fans are cautiously 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 optimistic mm -hmm. they believe in sean mm -hmm. he's got a track record that you can absolutely believe in but i think fans are like i'm in wait and see mode yeah and sean's pointing to that exactly i think yeah for sure because i mean speaking on track records i think russell wilson's wasn't too bad before he got over here either no. so True. i think they are kind of in waiting mode but um i can guarantee you Sean doesn't seem like a guy who sleeps more than two or three hours. So, so I think he's game planning <laughs> almost 24 seven um, and doing everything in his power to get this win. So I feel like I know that they can win, but if they don't, I can't just blame Sean. Like I, I know he's going to give everything he has to make this happen. You hear you awake over there? What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to these morning shows, man, and ooh, doing an afternoon show is just hitting me hard right now. Speaking of like doing morning shows or afternoon shows, in this article, uh, Sean said, it said how Sean's a night owl. He's mm -hmm. up till two or three, grinding every single day. And so how his meetings, he pushed them a lot later in the day, mm -hmm. where his first meetings don't start until eight or nine in the morning. And that's like much later than uh -huh. typical NFL. Todd, what time do meetings typically start? 
Well, for players, you know, mm. they don't start until like maybe seven thirty, eight o'clock. But the coaches have been there for three hours and had mm. a couple of meetings. I remember Vance Joseph called me uh, over the all season. And it was like five in the morning. He was like, "Oh, we're just leaving our first meeting. I just want to reach out." I'm like, "Bro, I'm not even up right now. Like, this is not the time." Uh, <laughs> so it's so early in the morning that they forget what it's like normalized. normal time yeah, is. For sure, for sure, they're they're That's up and ready to go. When's the earliest you call someone, like a normal person? I try to wait. I try to wait till like eight thirty. Give guys some time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of urgent calls to make very often. <laughs> fair point. Like business hours, me nine to five. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Now you're getting like robo calls at 8:30 p.m. I'm like, no, I can't do this. It's awful. Um, okay, let's get to it. We got a few more quotes to get to from this article that we found interesting uh, from Seth's piece in ESPN, and this was Sean talking, or no, this was Seth talking about what Sean thinks of Russell Wilson. He said Wilson whom he likes as a person and as a player. He believes Wilson, 15 pounds lighter than last season, had a good camp. Peyton doesn't run a slant any different than Nathaniel Hackett, whose tenure as Broncos head coach in 2022 lasted 15 games. He just needs to run it at the right time. Wilson looked more than lost last season. And he had one more quote uh, about Russ uh, talking about how Sean views him. Let's pull that up here. Uh, yeah, here as well. Um, yeah, here's pulling it up because I think these two quotes tie in pretty uh -huh. nicely just about what Sean's looking to do when it comes to uh, to Russell Wilson. Do we have that quote coming soon, you hear? Uh, no, about... Um, no, not this one. The one about on the field. Anyway, the, the other one, um, I'll paraphrase right here, but he essentially said... Um, he said, Peyton knows that this year, if the play clock is under 10 seconds and Wilson is futzing at the line, the defense will probably win. And mm. so I think we're getting some insight into what Sean wants to do with, uh, with Russ. And one of these things specifically right here, tempo, tempo, tempo. That was kind of a theme of training camp. Get to the mm -hmm. line quick. Let Russ have time. We don't want the, play, we don't want the fans counting down the play clock uh -huh. from 10 to 0. We need Russ to have some time. We need him to be comfortable at what he does best. Yeah, and it seems like there's a lot of insight there to where he feels like he can help with the overall uh, productivity of the offense. Like, he sees a lot of things that I guess the Broncos didn't do well, and we definitely felt like <laughs> they were waiting way too long within the playcock to get a play in um, for Russ to understand the play, diagnose. I think he has to be up there and ready to go early on the ball, and sometimes – uh, I think Sean's just going to have a play call. Like, we're not going to have any checks. We're not mm -hmm. going to have any. It doesn't matter what defense comes out in. Just get to the ball, run this play, and then we'll move on with whatever, whatever the outcome is. So um, I think he's dialed in, man. I think that I hope everybody's paying attention is ready to go because he's going to dial up some stuff for you to be successful. So it's on you to execute. Did you watch the Manning cast auditions video? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like Sean said in that. Like, we don't audible. Yeah. I call the play. We run the, the play that I call. And I think that that's probably a pretty good fit for Russell Wilson. I think you're right. Yeah. I absolutely think you're right. But what's interesting is he wants him at the line 10 seconds before. Yep. Wouldn't that be to audible and to diagnose the defense? You still got to set your protections and do that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be able to see what he's up against. True. Yeah. You don't have to audible, but just know what the defense is before mm -hmm. you go and hike the ball and just throw this thing around. Like, be able to see and diagnose, okay, they're in cover two, they're in single high. Like, be able to understand what you're doing before you just go out there and throw the ball around. That's very fair. That's very fair. All right, next quote that we've got in this. Um, this is Seth. He says, 
He showed the team a video of a 2022 Ford Bronco driving off a cliff, letting players know last year is over. He told Wilson that to salvage his career, he needed to focus less on Russ Inc. Will you effing stop kissing all the babies? He said, <laughs> you're not running for public office. I Woo. agree. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I think sometimes people get caught up guys get caught up in like you know maybe the shoe deals or the commercials or the things mm -hmm. that the production on the field uh makes happen off the field you know what i'm saying they kind of yeah. feel like mm -hmm. it, it gets put backwards like that stuff is more important than the stuff on the field but really if you come on and execute at a high level on the field more and more opportunities open to you and i can't say that russ is like doing that per se but he's doing a great job off the field right now with a lot of endorsements mm -hmm. and a lot of kissing babies and not so good of a job <laughs> on the field so i think that's what sean is more so talking to is that you're a great guy all the way around but you got to focus and do your job and you can kiss as many babies as you want after we're back in the super bowl <laughs> or after you have another pro bowl yep. season i mean russ was talking today about omaha productions and how successful peyton's been and it makes sense for somebody like russ to say I've made a lot of money in the NFL. I can turn this money into more money. Like the opportunities that he has and will have, they're ridiculous. And it would be kind of tough to put those to the side. At the same time, like Peyton wasn't doing a lot of that stuff when he was in the NFL. Like he went on mm -hmm. SNL, like he had his commercials, but he, he, he didn't have as many businesses as Russell does. Like, and then you think all the way back to like John Elway, who's a legend, like legendary quarterback here, like an icon of Denver. And he definitely wasn't out there like running businesses while he was in the NFL. And that's a different era. But also you don't you don't need to be doing all these endorsement deals and videos and all that stuff to be, to gain notoriety like you do it to get money. But you just got to go play good football when you're playing. You don't need to. If you're just a good mm -hmm. football player, look what John did after oh, he yeah. retired. Uh -huh. Then he was the face yep. of dealerships. He owned the, the crush, then obviously came mm -hmm. back to the Broncos. So, yeah, if you're a good football player, you're going to get these opportunities mm -hmm. uh, and, and be able to do it. So I totally see where Sean's coming from. Uh, what I take issue with two things in here. Okay. I don't think he needs to say these things publicly. I know it's to a writer, so it's not fully public, but he knew that quote was going to come out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just throwing Russ under the bus now. Maybe he didn't know exactly when this quote was going to come out, but five days before the season starts, mm -hmm. I mean, that's tough for Russ to have to read that and be like, damn, you're doing this to me dirty, like right now? Why right now? I don't, I don't love that. And then the other thing. Mm -hmm. Well, real quick. Yeah. We, didn't, we don't know that he's the one who told Seth Wickersham. Like Wickersham could have heard from anybody that he showed the clip in the video or that he said this. Like there's a chance that uh, Sean was like, yeah, we had this meeting. We showed the video and I said, whatever. It could also be, yeah, there's this guy sitting in the back corner who got called from Seth Wickersham was like, oh my God, I've read your books. Like guess what happened in this meeting? No, like there could be com coming from different directions. That's fair. I think it's also fair to piece one and one together mm -hmm. that Seth was spent uh, time with Sean in Definitely. Idaho. Um, sitting down for quite a long time. And then he was mm -hmm. also here during training camp. It's probably fair to safe to yeah. say you can connect those dots that he got at the same time. Like, yeah, you don't write something like this without having like 15, 20 people you talk to. But though. clearly yeah. the one he talked yeah. to the most was Sean. True. Yep. And I feel like sometimes when we read things, just like text, it, come ac it comes across differently. I know Sean, and I know he said this with a smile on <laughs> yes. his face. Okay. Like, man, stop kissing all them babies. Like, I need you to get back. It wasn't like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was like a really harsh moment. Okay. I think it was more like a, 
a jokey moment exactly. than it was like actually like critique on him as a man. That's like know? a metaphor That's too. Fair. Like obviously, like he's not out there like literally kissing babies. Like, yeah, I haven't seen like, him kiss yeah, one he's baby. He's out there like <laughs> kissing babies or whatever. You know, it's like yeah. Oh, he's about to have a baby. I hope he's kissing that baby. Yeah, at least. maybe. Yeah. Well, um, um, the other thing, and this this <laughs> could have just been this could have just been Seth uh, putting these two things together. But I found it very ironic that Sean says I showed uh, the team. Uh, a video of a 2022 Bronco driving off a cliff to say that last year's over, essentially mm -hmm. forget about it, let's move on. And then the very next sentence is talking about last year's <laughs> rust. I'm like, if you want everyone to move on, let's just, let's move on. Let's not, let's not talk about Nathaniel Hackett anymore. And I guess that stuff has already happened uh, and, and you can't take those words back after they're already out. But I'm just, like we, mm -hmm. last year, one year ago from now, we, a massive ESPN story dropped, I think from Seth himself, Probably. about the drama that happened with Russell Wilson and the mm -hmm. breakup with the Seahawks. And it was like, man, this has to come out game week, doesn't it? Right before we can't be focusing on this mm -hmm. year and mm -hmm. football. And that's how this one felt, too. And I know Sean probably didn't know the timing of this since I think one interview was in July. Mm -hmm. One was uh, in August during training camp. But it's like, man, I just want to be focused on the Raiders now and not kind of these extra things as this mm -hmm. week is happening. Page turns on Sunday. Like, I, I bet even going into that game, they're going to say, hey, we got to throw last year behind us. Like, he's probably been saying that over and over again since since he got here in, like, February, whenever it was. And you can say, like, last year's over. We're not we're done with that in February. But at the same time, it almost feels like it needs to be said again this week as you're finally ending. Next week is when it absolutely is in the past. You don't have to look back at all. It's building off what you have. Yeah, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to get the last bit of last year out of our heads, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of remind Russ what needs to happen this year, kind of remind everybody like last year's over. And I do feel like I he Russ is still being Russ. He's very much uh, a man of the community. And I bet that him and Sean talked much earlier on in the year and it doesn't seem like he stopped being the man that he is or being out in the community. I think he's just maybe allowed to focus more on football or is focusing more on football mm -hmm. and we can see that in his preparation i think as training get progressed so i don't think it has halted him and i'm sure that this comment was said a long time ago and sean's not the per kind of person to say something behind your back and not tell you like yeah you know what i'm saying or like not have a conversation about it like this is not a thing it's not an issue like as much as everybody wants to make it one it's really not guys like it wasn't a big deal when he said it i think that Everybody in the mm -hmm. in the locker room heard it the first time, and everybody's cool with it. Yeah. And then my other question with that, do you think there's already a video of a 2022 Ford Bronco driving off a cliff? We're talking about a car that's one year old. <laughs> I, probably, I actually, I Googled it, and I didn't. Uh, so Barstool tweeted a video that had uh, the same image as the one that you showed. Yeah. Like on, on the graphic there. I haven't watched it yet. It that looks look like, like an, an old older car. Bronco, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I would think, though, if he could find a video of a 2022 Bronco crashing, we could, too. Unless they actually went and crashed it themselves. Yeah, if they got enough money, they could have exactly, bought a yeah. Bronco just <laughs> exactly. to crash it. I know. Everybody says Sean Payton's in the big picture stuff. He likes the details. He probably said, we need to go buy a 2022 Bronco and crash just it and film crash it to it. show it. Yeah. Well, and remember, he talked about cars earlier this offseason. He said, we're going to put a car in the lobby 
that has no rear view mirror and no side mirrors mm -hmm. to show that we're looking forward, we're not looking back. Maybe they did that with the 2022 Bronco, then drove it off a cliff. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get to some listener questions after you throw on some Shady Rays. Man, it's a scorcher today. You had to have your Shady Rays out there at Broncos practice. Hank and oh, I yeah. did. Hank was deaf. I mean, Hank, you had like multiple pairs on because you get 50% off. If you have multiple pairs of Shady Rays over at ShadyRays.com, if you use that code DNVR, you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. So check them out. They have over 250,000, 250,000 five-star reviews over at ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR. You're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Get yourself a pair of sunglasses and get your friend or your mom or your dad a pair of sunglasses as well. That's ShadyRays.com. Calm. All right, shall we hop into the comment section? Let's do it. Do we have any super chats you hear? Got one super chat right on. Let's hit it. Super chat coming in from Mile High Sign says, Todd is the goat of captains. Great <laughs> add to DNVR. Man, thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. Mm -hmm. I got to get a C. We got to get some type of C <laughs> uh, yes. for the chat. I mean, for the group. So um, I love to wear it. We can pass it around. I'm not, I'm not opposed to you know, rotating the sea around. As long as it doesn't go to Yaya. Oh, no. damn. Wow. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not going to come to me, but you be you will be the Riley Dixon of captains. I'll tell you that. Wow. I, we can't support that. That's so slander that, to Riley. That implies that everyone's getting a captain. Can you? Can everyone on the team be a well, captain? Well, he said he's going to like, around, and whenever it's Hank's turn, he'll be the Riley Dixon. That sounds like a Nathaniel Hackett move. It does. <laughs> Everybody it does. gets We're a C. Yeah. Everybody gets a C. <laughs> it, it really, really does. Um, it... it now, the person that we haven't mentioned when it comes to captainship, a guy we know very well, Pat Sertan. Mm -hmm. um, you mm -hmm. don't have to have, not everyone has to be a, a, a lead the same way. You can have guys that lead by example mm -hmm. and that are quiet. Uh -huh. The Broncos have had some guys like that. You can have guys that are wild, um, but always come prepared, and they can be captains. Is there a point where a player's just so good on the field that you just have to have them be a captain yeah absolutely and i think pastor 10 is at that level or very very close because he does so many things right that you want to make sure that guys are watching and being able to follow his leadership and his guidance because um he is such a good player i mean he's younger i guess than any other captain that would have been on the team this year so if not this year i think definitely next year would start his captain legacy and i don't see it ever going away throughout his entire career because he is that good he is that dominant and dt was a quiet leader yeah. he didn't say a lot but when he says something you listen you know um and he just made his presence felt through the way he played i think that's similar to pat i think he deserves to be a captain because of how he plays and how he carries himself i mean even when he was sitting here i think he's uh not only a great football player but he's just a great guy like he's not mm -hmm. he's not for all the nonsense you're never going to see him out doing anything crazy like he's focused um and that's somebody you definitely want to be leading your team yep i love that comparison and it's crazy he's only 23 <laughs> yeah like that i i'm at the point in my life where i hear 23 and it's like oh that's a child <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's not even like a real adult yet but then it's pat sertan who's like the best i mean uh, best cornerback alive best mm -hmm. football player alive might be a stretch but yeah <laughs> uh, when, what's the over under for when he becomes a captain because i agree once he becomes captain he's a captain here for the rest of his career but, like, will that happen next year? Absolutely. Next I, there's year? no reason why it doesn't happen. You talk about, it'll be his fourth year in the league. Yeah. Yep. 
two first team all pros. Kareem will probably be gone. Kareem, I've, here, I've said that so many times. Kareem, here, but Kareem yeah. here or not, I think yeah. you have to give it okay. to him. Him and Justin are going to be the leaders on your defense. Uh-huh. Like Kareem's role will diminish over time just with his age. Yep. But I think that Sertan's role will only increase. You have to give him that captainship starting next year without a doubt. I'm clipping that about Kareem and sending it to him. So now he's mad at both of us. And <laughs> Not mad like, at me. Maybe you'll have my back then. It's the truth. You trying <laughs> to air me out and snitch? <laughs> what, what did you ask him last year? Oh, man. I asked Kareem right after he signed his oh, deal. No. He was at the podium. Um, and I just remembered to s- something back that Vaughn said. Uh-huh. Vaughn, kept, Vaughn said for many years, like, I know at some point in my, my career, I'm going to have to take a step back and be like a third down pass rusher. And when I get to that point, I'm going to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that that's a way to extend my career. And so that was just in the back of my head when the Broncos signed Kareem again. This was like the third time mm-hmm. or last year was, I guess, the second time that they signed into a one year deal. And so I asked him, um, do you want and expect to be an every down player this year? Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be offensive. Um. And he said, he looked at me and said, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, That's no. Where he, it didn't, he didn't say that. He said, like, yeah, of course I do. And then moved on. Then the Broncos tweeted that out. And he quote tweeted and said, that was the stupidest question <laughs> I've right. ever been asked. Yeah. Um, that was like asking him, hey, Gramps, you think you can come play with us some more? Like, <laughs> you think you can still hang out? Like, and I think uh, I think he's going to have a great role. But I say yep. diminish because you can already see him and Kader Scherz are kind of like yep. co, mm-hmm. you know, starters. I think he's going to have a very important role. I do not think he'll be out there every single snap of every single game. Mm-hmm. But I mean... You're trying to snitch on me, man. I'm not. <laughs> That's Kareem, my boy. I'm, I'm not worried about We're that. We're not going to send that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I am. Don't worry. Um, quick See? question. Who's more? Do you think Patrick Tan could be captain at the end of the year if somebody gets traded at the deadline? Do you think he's next up, or is it going to be until next year? It won't be Russ. It won't be McGlinchey. It won't be Justin or Kareem. What if Kareem is just like, hey, man, we need to... Well, we need to put you in a deal because they're making a big splash or whatever. Like, Click this. We're sending to Kareem. Wow. Like, yeah, here, let's trade Kareem now. This is not and a Kareem podcast. Oh, okay, what about Riley Dixon? What if, like, <laughs> wow. like what if he gets hurt and he can't be captain? Um, I, I think they're going to have the same captains at the end of the year. Yeah. It might be a hot take. Like, I guess things don't go well. Maybe if Portland they add gets one traded. For playoffs, yeah. You know, sometimes they add them for playoffs. Yeah. Just like me and uh, yeah. Kate. Uh, me and Kate, Kayvon were yeah. at it for the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So maybe at that point, I would say, yes, he would. But I can't see anybody getting traded. They're not going to trade K-Jack midway through the year, I don't no, think. No. no, I don't think so either. And and I think that um, in, a, in a year from now, there's a chance Pat Sertan's on a five-year, $120 million deal, too. Yeah. And not that money buys you captainship, because it certainly doesn't. But then we'd be talking back-to-back first-team All-Pros. Yeah. And he's making all this money, and it's guaranteeing that he's going to be here for the long term. Like, yeah, I think next year. So the over under Henry, I'd say next year. Yep. If I was him, I'd be trying to get that five for one seventy, man. <laughs> oh my, that's a payday. Oh so my right after we saw that deal come through, the Nick Bosa one that you're referring to. Yep. Uh, Henry, didn't you say he's Pat Sertan over under that when he gets his next deal? Yeah. What are the odds he hits that number? Oh, that's tough. Edge Five rushers, to I think, are yeah, yeah. I think yeah. edge rushers are still maybe getting paid more than corners. But if he plays through, so two more years on the rookie deal, then he has the fifth year option. The market is supposed to increase, especially in twenty twenty six, because that's when TV rights kick in somehow. So, who's the thir- highest paid corner? Ramsey, probably. I think it would be Jalen right now. Yeah, J C Jackson 
was a big name free agent last year. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't think he probably got number one money. Five for one seventy, man. That's crazy. What you're gonna want to do though, you're gonna want to pay him before Sauce Gardner, because True. you're not gonna want to just keep having to tack on. Uh-huh. And uh, Sauce was what drafted one year after Pat. So, mm-hmm. to me, is Pat gonna be around here long term? Absolutely. Be. Yes. So I w- I would sign him next year. And then that also just gets you such in, in good graces with him. Yep. So the highest paid cornerback is uh, Denzel Ward with 100 million 500,000 for uh with 71 million guaranteed. However, how many years? It's going to be 4 years. Oh. So 25. Also, I'd say if, if somebody th- offered me 5 to 1 odds on Pat getting the Bosa deal, I'd take it. So Ooh. it's actually 5 to uh, 1 would be my number. It's actually 5 years, it's 20 it's 20 a year. Okay, well then eight to one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess it's better to be in the business of pass rushing. Yeah, right now, yeah. But the cornerbacks, man, they have a hard job, so I, I would hold out. So what does that mean? Where does that put Chris Jones at? Like, where does he? Uh. I know that in Dominic Sue is still, you know, that top tier mm-hmm. for that inside position. But now guys are getting five for one seventy, like. I'm looking at different numbers every week that you that yep. the Chiefs don't pay me. I'm looking at more and more numbers to where I should be getting a lot of money. Yep. And now it's clear that he's really holding out. Yes. Like you can uh-huh. miss training camp and preseason and yeah, you're holding out. It's kind of cute though. Uh-huh. Like it's not really you're not there when the game is tomorrow. Yeah. And yep. now you're missing a million dollars a week. Yeah, it's real. And then he uh was doing a charity thing today and talked and said I just want to raise. Yeah. Well, now he wants an even bigger raise. For sure. Thanks yeah. to uh, Nick Bosa, because the bar was set at defensive tackles uh, with Aaron Donald being, what, 30, 31 million? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Bosa's not a defensive tackle, but an edge rusher. And uh, uh, Don, and, and Chris Jones is probably saying, well, I'm a rusher uh-huh. at 34 million. Yeah, that just keeps I'll get you up. just as many sacks, and I'll do it from inside. Yep. More valuable. Yeah, exactly. I'll also say uh, I'm gonna be big on the Lions money line tomorrow. So oh. just just want that out there. No Chris Jones, no Travis exactly. Kelsey. Keep that in mind, all, all of you right. who watch this show. Yep. This for the very first time this morning was the first time I thought maybe this is the year the Chiefs come back to earth. Mm-hmm. Not a big downfall because they still have Mahomes, but like this is the first time I could comfortably say like this there could be a chance of that this year. What about like nine and eight? Oh, that would be way that'd coming be, back. That'd be, yeah. if, that'd There's be no way I would think. But I mean, would you I sign up for that right now? Chiefs go nine and eight. Yeah. Yes. Would you, Todd? Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Sure. Broncos or Chiefs? No, Chiefs. 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 Hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How could you not sign up for that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nine and eight. Yeah. That'd be That's because that, at that point we they lost a couple of division games. Exactly. At least one to the Broncos. Now they're definitely not top of the division oh. anymore. Mm-mm. No. No. Definitely not. Man, that would be something. That would be something. All right, we got a couple more questions on the website. Coach Tobin comes in and says, Hi, my guys. The show keeps getting better and better every week. All of these new additions are legit. Can't wait for Sunday. Let's have a year, boys. His score prediction, Broncos 34, Raiders 6. Wow. <laughs> Let's go. We'd all sign up for that. Heck yeah. Yeah. Mile High Sign says, Hey, guys. So what do we think about the Mike Evans rumors about him being traded away from Tampa? Any chances the Broncos might be interested? With all of our injuries at the wide receiver position and Mike Evans being consistently great, I think this would be a great addition. Thank you. So he's a free agent at the end of the year. And I was just thinking about this a couple days ago. 
Um, but when the Broncos were trying to trade Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, or at least making them available, taking calls on them, I was wondering if maybe that was the move. Like Mike Evans, the big body receiver, mm-hmm. a thousand yards in like six, seven consecutive years. Like, what if they really thought, or what if Sean really thought they could just go out and sign him next year? I don't know. It crossed my mind. It'd, it'd be it'd be fun, but right now when you just look at who they have, it doesn't make sense. They'd have to make moves for it to make sense. Yeah, they would. But I think it I think it'll be a great addition to the room. Yes, we talked about veteran leadership, and I wouldn't say besides Cortland, who is a veteran leader, there's not a lot of like older leadership. He's got in a the wide receiving wide receiver room. Yeah, you know? and I think he would be a great addition. He's a big body receiver. And you can really put him really anywhere on the field, mm-hmm. and he can make plays for you. Uh, so I wouldn't want to lose anybody we have now, but adding him to the room, I think, would be tremendous. Yep. It'd be huge. Mm-hmm. And talk about just getting, like, your next Michael Thomas right there. Yep. Then it's not, like, hoping that any of these mm-hmm. guys take a step up. You have him, and then you feel great about Jerry Judy and mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton being those guys. And you set his contracts up at the end of the year. Broncos could free up some money. They have they have some wide receiver contracts that they could move on from to open up some money there. So that that that's fascinating. Another super chat coming in from Court says Shadur Sanders to the Broncos in 2024. <laughs> It'd have to wait. Wouldn't it have to be 2025. He's eligible this oh, year. He is eligible yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I'm on the NFL draft Reddit, and and so like everybody's talking about. It. It's like wait, is it crazy for him just to be a top five pick? And so, well. If he did what he did last week for the next 11 weeks, uh-huh. then no, it's not crazy at all. But we might be just getting ahead of ourselves a little. Plus, <laughs> he could, in theory, just play another year and play for his dad. And uh-huh. the, the Buffs could be an even better team next year. He's getting so much attention, you would think the NIL money's there. At the same time, you go to the NFL, you kind of want to get that rookie contract out of the way so that you can sign the big one, especially as a quarterback, because if things go well for him in the NFL, he's getting $50 million a year after that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I heard he might have doubled his NIL money after that first game, and it's it's crazy because he has been producing. Like they can say all this stuff about HBCU or whatever, you know, they like to downplay what he's been doing. He's been performing at a high level. You just were mm-hmm. able to see it against good competition. Like this is, I don't think it's anything. Five hundred ten yards, maybe something he hasn't done, but he's <laughs> been executing at a very high level. So it's good to see him still executing at a high level. And I do believe he is a couldn't be a top five pick. And with the NIL money, I I don't know if there's a rush to get to the NFL. Maybe not. Money keeps increasing. It'll keep increasing over time. You talk about next year, they can start off ranked as a top five team. That's a lot of money, oh, man. That's a lot so of good. money. That Did you is. see the Caleb Williams stuff too? Yeah. Like exact apparently same thing. he's not or he's not guaranteeing he's going to the draft this year because yeah. it depends on who gets the number one pick. I guess there was a separate quote from his dad, maybe not like recently, but in the past saying like, well, of course, Kyler Murray didn't work out the way people thought he went to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And so you hear that and you hear mm-hmm. the new stuff and you're like, well, I don't think that Caleb Williams wants to play for the Cardinals, which is very good potentially a good together. call. The yeah. NIL deals are changing the game. Yeah, it it is. Is. It's not like Eli Manning anymore. You can just hold out and say, I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but then also like, what if, what if you wind up in a situation where one team finishes last and the Cardinals finish second to last. The Texans finish third to last. So now the Cardinals are sitting there with the second and third picks because they have the Texans pick. Mm. Caleb Williams goes to the draft, and then they just trade two and three to get number one. I don't know. There could be some chaos yeah. coming, and I really hope there is. But do you want a guy who said, I don't want to come here? Like, I would never draft that guy. Like, no. it just wouldn't work out for a good situation for either one of us. I mean, John Elway did that, he won Super Bowls. 
Eli Manning, he, he, he tried that. But he went where he wanted to go. He or did. at least that, somewhere different. That is true. Both those guys did wind up going where they want to go. Yeah. You can't just keep them and let them pout. Yeah. That's tough. It's worked in the past. Mm-hmm. And if it's ever going to continue to work, it's definitely now when the players have the power. Exactly. Exactly. Next question from Zen Broncos says, my boys, time to start hate week off strong. With that being said, what is y'all's all-time favorite moment playing the Raiders? Me personally, I love smashing any hope the Raiders fans thinking they might have a decent team early. I can't wait for the game and to make a statement to the rest of the NFL that we are back and we are here to stay. Also, Zach and Henry, we might need you guys to make our safeties and linebackers mad so they hit with extra power. <laughs> and don't worry, I'm sure Todd the Great can keep those guys from getting y'all and using it on the Raiders. I'm still listening daily. Enjoy the podcast. And most importantly, go Broncos. What What did Alex call us today? Oh, what did he say? An S word? Slappies. Yeah. It's oh, like, no, I'm talking to slap. these two slappies. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, we, yeah. Picture our faces, maybe. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's now like it's that. It's the Smash Bros. It's and the Bash the Bros. And it's in the Slap Bros. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Slap okay. Henry, <laughs> not a Slap uh. Bros. Uh, Todd, any like favorite play or moment or game mm. against the Raiders? Um, I think all the ones surrounding uh, the infamous Snatch were fun. Yeah. Just a lot of hype <laughs> fights. Um, a lot of high energy games surrounding those epic chain snatching. Cause the second one was the second one was even great because <laughs> we knew that Crabtree just wasn't gonna play football for long. Like yeah. he was coming for blood because at that point he was embarrassed. The whole world saw it. He had yeah. had a lot of time to think about it. So I think we got in maybe like ten or fifteen plays. Yeah. <laughs> it just started yeah. up again. So I think those two uh, games are the best. That's so good. Man, what great memories! That's uh, gonna be so awesome to be on that team too. Uh-huh. To like, yeah, like what the hell does it keep doing? Like running over there snatching the chain like that. Just be incredible yeah it uh, would be um before we get out of here speaking of todd there is one more quote in that story that we need to pull up because todd you need to see this one you need right. to see this one this is in the piece it says october 2014th again <laughs> sean accused but later cleared by the league of illegally stashing a player on the practice squad <laughs> what who, who is that, that <laughs> who is that Todd you made the article hey man that's dope man I appreciate that I cannot neither confirm nor deny that I was stashed uh, <laughs> and I plead the fifth on this one and uh, you were later legally let go to the Broncos not yeah. let go you were let yes released, released to the Broncos yes and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And this podcast is history. Covered a lot. It was a blast. Tomorrow and Friday, we're going live at 11 a.m. So make sure to tune in then. We're going to be really breaking down this Broncos Raiders game. Exactly what the Broncos need to do to win. But for Todd Davis, Henry Chisholm, Zach Stevens, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We'll see you tomorrow.